1: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey guys, welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. The show is presented by Scent ScentCrusher, ScentCrusher.com. In our opinion, they are the leader in scent elimination crush all the scent it's uh ozone technology it's science everybody calm down does it work does it not work of course it works you just gotta try it facts go there you can get the gear bag you can get the closet basically everything you need in every aspect on your way to the hunt and even during the hunt with the sprays and the soaps and all that good stuff that got you covered don't don't stink in the tree man
2: number one man
1: big bucks go down wind this is uh this is day one shit yeah dot com. check them out uh, the podcast is also brought to you by HHA Sports. Uh, single pin sights is what they are known for now. Also known for the Virtus rest, uh, it's the one of the top drop away rests now. Um, Love it. You know, yep. try a single pin sight if you're scared. It's uh, it, all the cool kids are doing it. I mean, yeah, they're early, really are. Uh, just do it. Yeah, just try.
3: It's like it like I've said before, if you shoot a multi pin sight, it's like a uh, grown men who wear tidy whites. It's like, mm, you yeah, know, it's not wrong, but. You know, join the club. It's questionable. I don't really it's like question- That it comparison is there, but uh, it's questionable. <laughs> it's kind
1: of offensive and a little degrading <laughs> to our uh, tidy wity wearing <laughs> listeners. Um,
3: try it. You like it? I'm saying there's just everything. Keep it contained, you know all contained. With all three, you it try, just try it try gets else, bunched up. That's you know, you want to, yeah. one pin. We trying to say just try one something pin different, dude. You know? One pin, you know, clears everything up. When you got those three pins, the tidy wity, Everything's just bunched up. It's just too tight. Relax. One pin. is all you need. I
1: see what you're going for, but it was a miss
3: Yeah. The well, it's because I did not put my I single see, pin on it. it. No.
1: This episode and the show is also brought to you by Elite Archery. Uh, we are super proud to be a part of that Elite family. We are shooting the Rituals, the Working Class Bowhunter Edition Rituals. We'll get into that a little more in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ritual 30 is out uh, for the guys who like a more compact bow. Uh, so that's awesome. If you're looking to get into Elite and into that elite family, but you don't want to really dive right into the flagship bow. Maybe this is your your first like premium bow. You can check out the enlist. That's a great entry into all of this.
3: Um, that has been taken over to Africa, which we'll get into a little bit, and has killed big game over in Africa. Larry McCoy did it, so
1: it's not any lesser of a bow. It's I think not price points um, have a have an impact on what people think a bow is capable of, um, and it doesn't. It's just. Nope. A different price point bow, a different style of riser, but it's just as powerful as anything else on the market um, at a price point for the working class. So you can't you can't be mad at that. Uh, you can check out all the Elite Bows in action on Respect the Game TV and the Virtue TV uh, on Sportsman and Carbon TV. Um, also brought to you by uh, Victory Archery. We are all shooting the RIP TKO Gamers, uh, the arrows. Um, awesome arrows. People have been asking about arrows like mid-season. Which is weird. Them, <laughs> well, hey, hate We've been doing work with them. Oh, but yeah, they've been put
3: to work pretty you, good. But did you make a change on arrows last season? Yeah, I switched yeah, last year mid season to these arrows. Yeah, so they're probably having the same season here. Like, you know, shit this thing well, That's a good point, man. You know, sometimes yeah. shit ain't working. And, you know, with arrows, it's relatively easy. I mean, if you've got at least an afternoon to burn, you can really sight in a bow. I mean, it's it's one of those... You know, are you really going to trust it? But, hey, man, if you're familiar enough with your equipment, you know, making a change and dialing it back in shouldn't be an issue. Right.
1: Yep. Also, this episode is brought to you by Combination Creative. If you're looking to boost your brand, uh, get some video work done, any type of marketing, social media, website work, anything, check out CombinationCreative.com. And the episode is also brought to you by Full Range Hanging Systems. Because I just full-blown went through my living room and <laughs> rearranged everything. I'm getting some deer mounts back. Uh, shout out Loker Taxidermy. But check out Full Range Hanging Systems. If you have a small house like mine and a lot of deer heads to hang, you can pretty much double your space of what you can put on a small wall. You can get the double system, and you can really pile it on. So hopefully your wife is cool and lets you do that. Or husband. It's yeah. cool. You might have a... Sissy of a husband who's scared of <laughs> your heads. Um A sissy of a husband. I, I didn't want to say the p word, man. Okay. So don't judge me. Okay. Yeah. Being she nice. Backed. Good for you, Kurt. Good Thank for you. you. Thank you, Cameron. Thank you. <laughs> Let's get on with the episode. <laughs> I'm Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing.
2: This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitts. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Mutt from Bow Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman.
1: Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class
3: bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunters. Working, hunter. working, hunter. working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the working Working class bow hunters. That's right. This is a podcast for Billy Joe bucket the working man, just like me and you.
1: My name's Travis T-Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody
2: pushes the envelope like working class bow hunter.
0: Hey, this is Jules McQueen and you are listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast.
2: It's really, really not that good, 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 good. good.
3: Working class for It is episode number two hundred and fifty-nine of the Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. We are right here at sixteen hundred Buckslayer Place, the beautiful buckatorium lovely Sherrard, Illinois, zip code hmm. <laughs> I don't know why I haven't ever figured this out, but I, I don't am know why Steve. you bring up the zip code. Yeah, because dude, people sometimes when they're looking for places, you have to put a zip code in first. You know, you're looking for a car or a Tinder date, you got to put your zip code in to find places. So, true, true. That's just how I relate things. But I am Steve. Uh, terrible in the studios. Kurt. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I'm sorry for him. <laughs> Doug, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> what, dude? And then tank, intern, tank. How's it going? What's up?
2: What's up, dude? You, you're you're good for, you
3: like, very few things.
1: <laughs> Which are? I can't think of any right now.
3: Oof, that wow. few, huh?
1: You brought Keystone to the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Yep.
2: That was disappointing.
1: You could at least brought Natty Light and been a classy human being. Yeah, dude, you, you cannot find
3: Natty Light a Gas Station. Have some respect for yourself. You cannot your find Natty Light a Gas Station. I don't you know if I want to hear you say that ever again. You shot Kurt. one
2: buck and then started drinking <laughs> Keystone. What happened?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea, dude. Life went off the rails. No idea.
1: You got a veteran shout-out, man. I do, man. That's one thing you do, like, pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Pretty good. Even then, it could be done better for our, our proud heroes of America.
3: <laughs> Thanks for making me feel bad. Uh, <laughs> so the uh, the vet shout-out this week is, uh, is uh, going to be Brian Metzger, uh, Sr. Uh, it was sent from Adrian Metzger. This guy was in the Navy. Um, the additional info is going to be the USS, uh, oh, boy. Tetanol, T A T T A N A L guided missile destroyer in Desert Storm. So the guy served over uh, over their uh, early nineties. So Brian, thank you for your service to this country, man. We really appreciate it. Everything that you've done. You know, you guys uh, went out there and fought for freedom, and we certainly appreciate uh, all the freedom that uh, that everybody who joins military helps to you know keep going. So. It's a great thing. Thank you for your service. Pretty and good. I love being able to just do whatever I want because we don't have a tyrannical ruler. It's the, the shit. Thank you for your service, <laughs> man. It, it is the anger. shit, man. I don't need, you know, <laughs> that, I think everybody likes to tiptoe around. It's like, yeah, thank God we got these guys out there that are willing to do stuff so we can keep doing dumb shit. It's awesome, man. the and choppiest
1: I love veteran shout-out you've ever done. I appreciate that veteran more than anything else right now. I do, dude. Because do. they... I just we appreciate you. Thank you for your service, Steve. You did a great job, man. Oh, come on. You're killing it. <laughs> you it. are just you're you're on top of it. You're being great. facetious right now. I couldn't be more proud of you, man. Firing on
2: all cylinders right
1: now. I just I'm just like, man, Steve's really motivated, man. He's really getting after it. Thanks, Daddy. do uh, <laughs> Stefan. Stop that. Let's stopped. cut into the show. Jeff Southall <laughs> is joining us on t- on today's show.
3: Um... Jeff is... He's familiar with us, by the way, so this yeah. is going to be a shock <laughs> yeah. to anybody. everyone's like, oh, God, what's this guy getting into? Jeff
1: is a miracle worker oh, and, God, in many is, yeah. ways, and we were going to talk about all that and uh, many other things. I'm worried about where Steve's going to take this episode because you and Jeff talk a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, we're
3: we're uh, Xbox Live <laughs> Gamer buddies. So this is going to get crazy. Uh, so let's get
1: Jeff on, and we'll just cut right into the goods.
3: All right, on the phone with us we have uh my personal good uh, Xbox Live buddy, Jeff Southall from uh the Outdoor Group. Jeff, how you doing?
0: Very good. How are you guys doing today?
1: Good. Good. Thanks for coming on the show, man. It's uh
3: we're well overdue.
0: I know it's been a long time. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a crazy
3: process. So, uh for those of you who don't know um Jeff, uh what you tell tell the people what you do, who you are and what you do and then we'll get into how we met you because it's a it's a funny story, and it involves me, you, and Kurt in a funny text thread. Oh, yeah, the story. <laughs> it's a prank. Oh, yeah, the story, exactly.
0: <laughs> yep. Uh, well, I've been with the Outdoor Group here in uh, upstate New York for about four years now, and uh, I'm a graphic designer there, and I have a team with me of uh, Brittany, who's another graphic designer, uh, Katie Darcy, who's our social media person. we are. Uh, Joe and Matt, and they're they're our web guys, so we make up our own team there. But I do the graphics for the outdoor group, which consists of uh, Elite Bows, uh, CBE Sights, and other equipment, uh, Scott Releases, Chemex Crossbows, Solid Broadhead, Slick Trick, Dual Game Calls, Lynch Mob, and Winner's Choice. So we have a lot of brands.
1: Yeah, you're busy then.
0: Very busy, yeah. We do all the graphics for everything. So we do like, uh, mm-hmm. we'll do trade shows, mm-hmm. we we'll do advertisements, um, basically anything visual the company needs. We do a lot of. Uh, a lot of packaging, a lot of social graphics, like I said, uh, lifestyle and product photography, uh, posters, logos. Really pretty much anything visual the company needs, uh, needs us to do. Wow.
1: Man, yeah, because mm. you're getting pulled in every direction. Yeah. So you know all the brands from the Outdoor Group, like the back of your hand, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I'm more on the elite side, the broadhead side, uh, Scott. I, I kind of let Brittany handle CBE and some of the other brands we have. I kind oversee kind of what's going on to make sure we're on brand and everything else. But she really does the the bulk of the work for that. We cross over quite a bit too, but I know a lot about the bows, uh, scout releases and the broadhead lines. She does more of the game calls and winner's choice and CBE now.
1: That's very cool. Yeah. You kind of have to like give everyone their own like projects because it, it had to be too overwhelming for one person to do all of
0: that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was way too much for one person to do for sure. So uh, yeah, she does a lot of great work for us. She's been there about two years now. She's come a long way. She's not a hunter, but she's come a long way in understanding what, you know, how to message for the hunting industry and really how to do things the right way. Yeah. So uh, she's, she's, she's come a long way. She's a big help, big time. So I couldn't do it without her. That's, That's awesome.
1: very cool. That's very cool. And people obviously know you're a hunter by the cover art of this episode with uh, some awesome African animals, which just look, we'll get into that too. But it's, uh, it's cool the Outdoor Group family is everyone's either a hunter or obviously understands it and respects it and has a a passion for it in one way or another
0: yeah definitely a lot of us hunt there for sure you know you go out back i talked to a lot of my buddies out back there and they're all hunting and talking about getting out in the woods and everything and it's a lot of fun you know we we trade a lot of stories and of course trail pictures videos all that stuff we get our trail cameras and uh of course you know success photos too we uh we look at that together we just kind of tell our story and it's just a lot of fun back there we, we waste a lot of time telling stories there. um so, uh,
3: hey, waste a lot of day. time go by hey baby hey. you know it's, the boss uh, is listening yeah <laughs> when, you, when you when you work in the outdoor industry you know you're talking hunting that's basically just talking business so you know that's yeah, true
0: it's, it's true not- well <laughs> you know, it's all part of it it's all part of it really and the nice thing is you know you, we work in a job where we actually make the stuff we use and we take out in the field and we can get some feedback we can talk about it you know i've gotten more into the uh, product research and development stage more recently here and uh it's pretty exciting to really be part of that process and take a broadhead or take a bow out in the woods and kind of say okay this is working this isn't working let's make these small tweaks to product and let's get it out the door um so that's pretty pretty exciting it's a really good it's a nice process it's good to be involved in that
1: that is some might say that's a dream job
0: yep yes it's, it's absolutely my dream job i'm thankful every single day for it um you know i couldn't ask for a better job i've been um I've been around other jobs. I've done corporate design before like a security company. And that was boring. It was a German company. So it was extra boring. Uh,
3: <laughs> Cause you know so how funny the Germans that, are.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, actually they're very good people and they, they're kind of funny, but, uh, they're pretty dry when it comes to design. It's very much in the box, you know, very, very, con- very controlled. And, um, you know, I had a style guide. I had to kind of go by where here I just kind of make up my own stuff as I go. So it's really a big shift from what I was doing, but I did that for, you know, about a dozen years and everything. And, uh, Towards the end of that, actually, I started to get into uh, looking for jobs in the outdoor industry, taking up some – I went on Archery Talk. This was like probably 10, 12 years ago now. I'd go on Archery Talk, and I kind of put little postings up there and postings and say, hey, by the way, I can also do websites and logos for you. Hit me up at this address whatever it was. So I kind of started that way a little bit, Mm -hmm. Uh, and then just little by little, I got some, uh, some good contacts, and I made a contact with a good buddy of mine, Tim. And uh, we started doing work together kind of outside. You know, I had my full-time job, and then i do some freelance work for him. Scabbing out, baby. Co- <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> so we had some really good clients back in the day and everything, and I uh, just kind of built from there. And then uh, I got let go. There was a massive layoff at the company, and uh, I was able to do it full-time for about three or four years. And same with my boys. They were pretty young at that point. And uh, it worked out really great, actually. It was really good. So it worked out really well. I was doing the work I loved then. And then uh, my buddy Tim got a job at the Adore Group as a president. And they had a designer there already, but, uh, you know, there was just so much work to do. You couldn't – one designer couldn't do it. They needed another person to come in. So then I got hired on. I did some work outside first. I did, like, the CB catalog, the Citric logo, and some other things before that. And then uh, they liked my work well enough, and I came in.
1: Man, that's cool, man. It's cool how it all all came together. I think that – you were on Archery Talk posting that stuff when Archery Talk was mainly just a forum. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah.
3: Yep. Before it was a Facebook page. Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> Pretty it's funny. Much. I, I saw like um, so you know, and, and <clears throat> I remember when the the Ritual shirts came out. You're like, hey, you know, uh, you designed that, and it's yeah. just it's so cool seeing. Um, so I saw the Ritual Thirty uh, on on shelf uh, on, on on a shelf in a bow shop, and it was just there's a, a cool little tag that. You know, I I think is really neat that you guys are doing is um, you know, when the bow comes out, there's like a logo to go with it. You know what I mean? Rather than just the name. Now there's a logo and it gives the bow a little identity. So there's a little tag hanging off there, which you know, that's one of the best things about getting the bow is you get to look through the artwork, you're like, dude, you know, you own this. And I saw that and I was like, Man, Jeff, Jeff did that. You know, well, it's just, it's well, wild.
1: We, from this, should we just go into the story, the prank story, or, or how? <laughs> because <laughs> Jeff is the man behind. I mean, you're yeah. one of the main guys and the guy who designed and and put together the working class bowhunter edition ritual, which is incredible. And I we I think about you every day that I grab my bow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I can't. We can't thank you enough for making that actually just get put on a bow riser and sent out that's incredible Um, of course and they look amazing every person I've that I've showed it to or they've seen pictures of it they either message me and say where the hell do I get one or they (laughs) hold it and they look at it like I've never seen a bow with this much detail on it how is that even possible Um, so big thank you for that man they're incredible of course we had the the poster hanging in the studio (laughs) so we're very proud of it um, awesome!
0: i'm glad you guys are happy with it i'm actually i'm actually really excited that you guys are excited about it because it's really like it's my artwork that you guys have in your hands and you you've had a really good se- all of you have really good seasons this year so it's kind of neat to see that you when you make something people put it in their hands and they actually use it and they accomplish some goals I, I think it's great and be part of that process and have that for you guys i think it was really important to me i think that really the story kind of began with that um i have to give credit to my girlfriend laura she um as a big podcast listener i hadn't really listened to podcast before to be honest with you and i think it was right at on ata last year he uh, finally got me to look listen to some podcasts and i started looking around i think you guys had posted something like right after ata or so and uh, I said, all right, I'll, I'll give these guys a listen. And sure enough, it was a really good podcast, of course.
1: Thank you. And uh, then I reached
0: out. And I, somehow I got a hold of Steve. I think I must have messaged him on Facebook or something. Yeah, you yeah. you, got you reached out and
1: snagged the wrong number.
0: Yeah. It was definitely the wrong number or something going on there. But uh, I got a hold of Steve and started, started messaging back and forth a little bit. I said, "Don't." I know you guys are affiliated with us, but don't buy a bow before we talk. And then I started the process of designing some different color schemes different ideas i had a I had a pretty clear idea in my mind what i wanted to do as far as like an overall design plus you know kind of green strings go along with the green logo and kind of make a, a something you guys to be proud of and really be you know you're part of our family we want to treat you guys that way we want to we want you to be part of it yeah i worked with uh, kurt quite a bit on the final design just you know, finishing up a couple of small details and uh that's how it kind of came about early on that was probably about five months of kind of work kind of laying in the weeds mm-hmm. and stuff like that we had yeah. a We had a lot of bows to get out the door. The Ritual just launched at that point. Oh, and was doing crazy good, so... We had to build a lot of bows, and you guys were very patient with us, and uh, I finally came together. I know Kurt was heading out to uh, Colorado, Mm -hmm. so we had to get the bows to him pretty quickly, but uh, we had a few weeks there. I hope to shoot and get it dialed in. I think you did. Yep, yep. And uh, so, you know, it just kind of went from there, but yeah, we had a... but to get to that point we had a pretty funny story Steve wanted to do a prank on Kurt. <laughs> so, so this
1: uh, is uh yeah this isn't long after ATA. Yeah so
3: yeah, the,
0: this is right after
1: which is for people who don't know what ATA is this is like late January is. Yeah
3: this would have been like early February and I remember so I get a friend request from from you. Uh yep. and I was like you know, I look, I go, well, who the hell is this dude? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, you know, a decent looking dude, you know, cool guy. Like, I drink a beer with him. Yeah. So I look and I go, decent looking dude. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. God. that's a good thing. At least he said good things
0: about me. That's good. Yeah.
3: So, so I see him. It's like graphic designer. And I look at the picture, I go, Wait, that's a dude that's on the uh, the catalog for uh, the uh would have been yeah twenty eighteen yeah, um, elite catalog. So if we have him, he's on the cover. I'm yeah, like, yeah, on the
1: cover, right? Okay.
3: Yep. I'm like, oh, that's that dude. Okay. And Katie's
1: on there too, right? And, and Katie's, and Katie's on
3: there, a, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> I've got an even funnier story about how I met Katie at ATA. Which uh, if, when we have her on for an episode, we'll tell that.
1: I don't even know oh. that story. So I'm oh, scared it, for her. It's
3: hilarious. dude. She it still talks to us, so it's not that. You were bad. probably trying yeah, to
1: like debatable. hit on her or something.
3: Uh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't know. I'll ask you. You're a creep. I, I might have I, You're a full blown creep. 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 I might have hit on her, but she yeah, Katie's Katie's awesome. Uh yeah, she is. one of one of my favorite people um there at the but let's uh, let, we'll 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 keep rolling on with this story because this story's great. So anyway, I accept the firm request and um I think it's like uh you know in a matter of like a day or two and I, I get a message from you and it's like hey man you know uh checked out the podcast you big supporter of the show hey um have you guys uh gotten your bows yet and it's like no it's like all right well don't get your rituals yet um i got a special project uh i'm gonna talk to uh Larry mccoy about it i'm like okay you know no big deal so i just i was like okay you know we'll just Kind of a big deal. I, I I didn't know at the time. I was like, you know, it it, it is what it is. Um, Probably thought I was pulling his leg, actually. Right. I, I didn't know. I was like, well, shit. This guy is knows. This guy? <laughs> I was like, this guy knows more than I do. So, I remember one day I'm uh I'm at work, and all of a sudden I just like my phone's like buzzing, and you're like, hey, I gotta show you something, and all of a sudden through Facebook Messenger I see like five designs, and I'll, all I'm seeing is the Ritual Riser. And like five different designs of our logo on it. It goes, "Hey, I'm working on this project for you guys. You guys support the shit out of us. I want to do this for you. And I'm in awe. I'm like, w- what the hell is going on right now? I'm like, dude, is there a bow company that's trying to put our, our like we our logo is going to be on a bow? I'm like, I, I all this shit was going through my head, and I I'm floor I'm flabbergasted. And the first thing I said was, I go. Oh shit, we got to fuck with Kurt. <laughs> it's like we have to mess with Kurt. Because
1: for everyone that doesn't actually know this, Steve handles point zero 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 percent of the business
2: except
3: when it comes to this apparently. <laughs> so,
1: if there's any business that gets handled like behind the scenes like it, like any product work, sponsorship, marketing, uh, it's like zero dude. You think of
3: anything? Steve handles 0% of it. <laughs> Nothing. So yeah, he's so so Jeff's message to me, I'm like the guy listens to the show. He's, he has to get it. You know, I'm like, he has to get the dynamics. Yeah. I'm like, we got to screw with Kurt. And I'm like, I don't know this dude. He probably has heard very little of me. You know what? I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, I, I just know.
0: Obviously, at this point. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> obviously,
3: we don't know each other that damn well. <laughs> okay, get to the point where I'm, like, like, I'm like, let's screw with Kurt. And he's like, okay. He's like, what do you want to do? I go, I'm like, how easy is it to you make like a mock-up design? Like, you know, I'm like, I... And, the way that you and you'll get into this how you design the bows is yep. pretty complex, but once you get like a pattern, you you can screw with it. I'm like, I was like, oh shit, dude! I'm like, do you want to put like a waffle or something on it? Just like it'd be like hilarious. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know. We got to screw with them. I go, can you make any pro wrestling themed bows? <laughs> and I get two images back. The first one was. Jake the, the Snake. The first one was the Jake the Snake. I'm gonna see
1: if I still have him in my text messages from uh, Jeff.
3: <laughs> Dude, the first one was a no, no, no. The first one was a Bret Hart. Oh, I don't have um, him anymore. Damn it! It was it was a Bret Hart theme bow, and it looked yep. cool, but it was like it, it was weird because the way the riser in, it was just like a him. But then when you sent the Jake the Snake one, and like <laughs> as quickly as it came, I was like. Dude, that is the shit, and it is awesome. So So you guys potted out
1: to so yeah.
3: So and and then I was like I was like all right cool and. I think yeah, because then I go hey, here's Kurt's phone number. No, it was the WCB,
1: WWE Rick Rude. Dude, ritual. it was the
3: ravishing
0: Rick Rude one, dude. <laughs> oh yeah, that started. was in there too.
3: Are we allowed to
1: post that, Jeff, or can we just we just have to leave it for? Oh, here?
0: definitely, yeah. Go right ahead. That's that's totally oh, fine. Okay,
1: oh, so no. we'll post it when people start asking to see it.
3: So I'm, perfect, <laughs> dude. I'm talking to Jeff through Messenger, and uh, like I give him kurt's number so we're all in a um and it was great that uh the messages popped No, up we blue. weren't
1: in a group chat when when jeff sent me these I, we weren't in a group chat
3: oh no no God. okay yeah because i was screenshotting you okay yeah yeah okay so i was yeah, talking to jeff
0: over at work or something right that's right that's
3: right and, and kurt so i give you kurt's number and yeah i was like hey man send it to him and well, well no, like, so the way
1: i remember it jeff we were talking and then you i can't remember exactly you might remember a little better um, yeah. Because I imagine you drink less than me, um, <laughs> yeah.
0: more than likely.
1: <laughs> you said something about hey, you know, hey, I hey want to do something special for you guys. All this giving you guys your own special bow. So I'm right away. I'm thinking like, oh, cool, our logo on it. That'd be amazing. Like dream come true, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, wrong. And then I don't know. I mean, you could take the story away from here if you remember uh, the details.
0: Yeah, yeah we said uh, you know I didn't know you of course when so I was sending you this random message. You, you didn't know me from anybody either. Uh, I'm sure Steve maybe said, oh, there's this designer guy trying to make a bow force or something like that. Uh-huh. But I, I texted you out of the blue pretty much saying, hey, I've got these designs for you. Why don't you take a look and see what you think? And uh, sure enough, I sent over. And, of course, Steve and I were talking in the background, of course, and saying, oh, well, I hope he doesn't hate me for sending these over. Is, is he going to want to punch me or what's going on here? <laughs> so I sent him over. I tried to keep it a straight face as much as I could through texting and all that. But, you know, I tried not to give it away or anything, I guess. And I've, I've, I've been working really hard on these designs. I think it's something really good for your company. I know that Steve loves wrestling, so I want to do these special designs for the podcast. It's going to would be awesome. <laughs> so I send those over there, and I could, I could kind of, even through text, I could, I could hear your voice like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's what <laughs> happened.
2: Dude,
3: like...
1: I think I texted I could, Steve I and said,
0: oh, my God, it. it's funny. <laughs> Kurt goes, <"K- laughs>
3: Kurt's like he messages me, and he's, <laughs> I think literally, I texted Steve.
1: I said, uh, "Dude, you, if, you No, I, I remember what I said. I said, if this is real, I'm not like I can't be mad at it because it's a free bow. But if yeah. this actually happens, I'm going to fucking stab you. <laughs> You're
0: gonna stab <laughs> you. That's right." Yeah. And then I
1: think you guys were sending screenshots of this uh, prank you guys were playing oh, to but, a, cause, each other
3: because Jeff's like, I, I, he's like, because Jeff's like sending messages back that was he what he's sending me. And he's like, he's like, all right, this is what he's saying. And I'm like, I'm sending what because you're texting him. And then I'm, I'm uh, messaging Jeff and then you're texting me. So I'm sending (laughs) screenshots of the conversation. You're saying he goes, I'm like, dude, just keep it up. And you're like, and and Jeff goes, I'll keep it up until he drops one F bomb. (laughs) It was like the first text. And I'm like, dude, so finally I give him uh, I give him a think of my point of
1: view. Like, my dream is to have my own edition bow, and then right? You
3: no, know. listen. Let me, let
2: me. So I'm like, man,
1: this would be amazing. Because like, Jeff's like, like hey, you guys going to get your own bow? I'm like, no way. And then the wrestling mock-up comes through, and I'm like, Steve just ruined my dream by <laughs> and so i'm like immediately like i almost drove to your house and just punched your legs until you couldn't walk out the door <laughs> and <laughs> luckily i didn't have to and, but you know what i mean walk? though in my head i'm envisioning like oh, my dreams coming true and then to see like steve's wrestling references just uh, come back and bite me oh my god so yeah it was great
3: <laughs> Dude, the funniest shit so i
1: think eventually jeff you ended up sending a mock-up of the actual like that's when we uh, got into
3: the group chat. Yeah. And, uh, yeah
0: that that
3: was the end of it, yep. So, and I, I was, like, I, I was I was shocked, but, like, I was also having the time of my life, like, yo, Kurt thinks he's going to be holding the Rick Rude's package. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, like, you put his package right on the grip. Right on the riser,
0: right on the grip, yeah, exactly.
3: I mean, it, Dude, it, it's
1: an incredible-looking mock-up. Like, it's clearly a joke. It it looks good. It looks actually pretty cool. Jake the Snake, the Jake the Snake one looked really good. Yeah, Yeah. they're funny, man. So what?
0: What what Steve doesn't know though is we almost sent him one of the wrestling bows. When you guys got your bows, when you guys, we sent bows to to you guys. We almost sent Steve the actual wrestling bow instead. Oh Oh
1: my god, that would have been so funny. (laughs) That would have been
0: incredible.
1: Would you have been mad? I would have liked it. No. I would
3: have been great. Yeah, been he would loved have loved it, it, dude. That would have been awesome.
1: So I, let's talk I, about, I, Jeff, some of the mock-ups, though. Because, yeah, we went through – I mean, I don't know how many mock-ups we went through. And, man, they were all awesome. And that was the hardest part is you made everyone so cool that all of us were kind of arguing. We're like, well, but this one has this. But, yeah, but this one's cool because of this. And we looked at them.
3: We had to find something that, like, I just had to be, like, mad at Doug. So, I like, he's like, I love that. And I'm like, well, if Doug loved that, then I have to hate it. Like, that's yeah. the only way
1: we could have decided. We almost broke up over it, Jeff, <laughs> just to let you know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I
2: know. Because me and Eric were
1: leading one sorry. way. Yeah. Well, Jeff, talk about the designs and kind of just kind of go through that process of, I guess. Yeah, we, so basi- yeah go ahead.
0: Or, or, so, basically, um, I'll take a picture of a bow. I do the in-studio photography for the bows and everything. So, I'll take that bow. And what I do is I kind of cut out the riser. So you have the entire bo- picture of the entire bow on a white background Then you clean it all out. And then basically you, you cut out the riser part of it and make it kind of a grayish color. And then you can take any pattern. You know, I've done some camo patterns. We, we can do anything. We want a sort of custom bows, uh, any sort of design you want to do. Basically, sky's the limit. You can do whatever you want. Uh, then you superimpose over the top of that, and you can go in and select out the, the areas you want to cut out of it and the entire shape of it. And then you can just kind of layer it on top of that, you know, with like an overlay effect and that type of thing. And uh, it just kind of looks like it's on the riser because you have the shine coming through the riser and looks dimensional and it works out pretty well. You can get, we do a lot of mock-ups that way in house. We just kind of look at things, you know, was this pattern working? What size should this pattern be? That type of thing. So we do a lot of that in house anyway. So in a case like this, I can take you know, a picture of Rick Root or anybody like that. <laughs> also anybody. I can put on the riser pretty quickly. It doesn't take that long at all. Actually. Once I get the process down, it took a little while to get there. Once I got the process down though, it's really easy to
1: do. It's yeah. really cool because I mean how many Jeff, how many think we went through? Eight mock-ups or so?
0: Eight? Probably to- seven or eight. Yeah, seven or eight. Easy.
1: And they were all cool and some were similar. You changed up a few things and some were way different and but they were all awesome. Like all of them were incredible. Um, and then we, we had two and-
0: pieces to work with, yeah. We had, you know, obviously we wanted the logo on there somehow, probably in the nice green. Uh, I think we had some gray versions. We had some green versions. We had different things going on.
1: We added a uh, mic pattern eventually. Yeah. Like, the
0: microphone pattern's in there. Yep, right, like right in the middle, just out of the black, there's a microphone kind of texture in there you kind of see. And that's and something that-, that
1: a lot of people, when they look at it, they realize, they're like, oh, wow, the, like, the microphone's in there too. Like, um awesome. When we say microphone pattern, for people at home, if you look at a microphone, it's like that woven metal look look
3: of a sure sm58 it's it's your standard mic yeah you'll you'll see that right away
1: that designs in the riser it's it's amazing
0: yep yes we ran through it like i said we had kind of pieces and parts we knew we wanted to work with we wanted the green in there we wanted some black in there and um you know deer don't really see colors other than like yellows and blues a little bit so green is totally fine so we wanted to design something that would be uh, a tribute to your the podcast of course and also be comfortable usable bow really we don't want to be really big and flashy with it we wanted to have you know be almost like a camo in itself in a way
1: yeah yeah it's they're incredible looking bows they we have the mock-up and we'll post all this with the episode and we'll post it on facebook say we'll post it in the comment section so um you can scroll through and look at all of them but you have to see the bows in person they're so incredible yeah and i've had one of my best seasons of all time with it this year and it's just the luck of the podcast is just built into it. I'll never get rid of the bow. Um awesome. it's gonna be framed or hung oh, be up in a with shadow the box, dude. It's, it's it might be a bow I always shoot. And I do have to say, and we can talk we can go into like the process of how you got this design on the riser, but I was yeah, curious to see how it would roll uh hold up to just around the grip where you hold on to it and uh banged up on, you know, tree stand steps and sticks and I had mine in the backcountry of Colorado and the thing looks yep. brand new. Like yeah, there's awesome. no wear and tear or nothing on it anywhere. It's incredible.
0: No, mm-hmm. so it's a it's a process called color fusion, and basically, you take a. What I do is I if I design a pattern for the bow, or we get a bow from somebody else, like a real tree or like a mossy oak or kuyu. Um, what they do is they we go out to this company called Color Fusion, and they make these socks for us. And basically, what the sock is, it's like reverse printed on the inside of the sock with the color and the pattern. What they do when we get those socks into the plant. As we prepare the bows, we make them like a whitish color. Uh, and basically it has chemicals on it that will receive the ink once it's heated up. So we have a really good color fusion team too in the back of the in the back of the plant. And uh, we'll take the socks to them or get the socks in from a shipment, and then they will uh, you know get the bows all prepped and ready to go. They put the socks on. That's a pretty cool like vacuum process. They have to vacuum it in there to get in all those little if you look at your bows, I mean or any bow that we make you'll notice that the fit and finish is excellent. And that's mm-hmm. because those guys get in there, every little every little curve and every little uh, cut cut away, they get the camo in there and they vacuum it together basically and they put it in this uh, oven essentially. And it bakes for like 15 or 20 minutes depending on how dark you want it. And then you get it out and it, it, the ink just adheres right to the riser like you painted it right on it. And uh, the other good thing is very durable, like, you're, like you've seen with your bows. Um, it's extremely durable. You know, I've, I've dropped bows in the past. I've done, you know, made mistakes and whatever else. And it still holds up. I mean, it holds up through a lot of different things. It's really durable process. Like I said, you can do whatever we want with it, which is really fun. Um, I've done my own kind of camos and working with different things as well. And uh, you know, it's just something that it's a, it's a lot of fun to work with and play with. We did that independent series over the summer. Actually, I'm sorry, late in the spring uh, for our echelon bows. And we wanted to get that out there. And it was just a, a very unique pattern. We did the stars and stripes. We did the battleship gray, the green and the kind of tan color. And uh, it, it went pretty well for us, actually. It was something very unique, very different. And the customers kind of latched on to us. It did well for us. And uh, it's just fun to do that. You know, we have a, a really good team out there. Those guys are artists out there. They take the ideas on my head and we can put it on a bow. It's, it's really pretty amazing.
1: It is cool. And then for people that if you go to the cover art of this episode, that bow obviously is a custom bow that you made, which is mm-hmm. so cool
0: that's yep. yes, my africa bow i did that one before i went about two months before i left for africa when i found actually about a month before i left uh kind of a short notice thing so i made a bow really quick and uh yeah i, I just kind of looked at africa and i looked i wanted to get a kudu at that point until i found out how expensive they really how expensive it was to get one over there oh yeah <laughs> so I, I got back a little bit, but uh, uh so I, I just wanted parts of africa so i did like there's kind of kudu stripes in there there's kind of the oranges of the sunset there's a, kind of a dried grass, kind of medium, light brown in there. There's uh, slight greens in there for some of the bushes that are still alive over there this, that time of year. Uh, just basically after all of Africa of that bow. Um, hmm. So I just kind of wanted – it was like a little – it was almost like a canvas I wanted to paint. Uh, just kind of a one-off bow. It's only one of a kind. There's only one bow like that that was ever produced. Um, so I've got it in my basement right now, so it's kind of neat. It's
1: so crazy. How do you not yeah. just make – a million bows
0: budget. Well, actually, we get a lot of scrap bows. We have, you know, during the cutting process, there are mistakes that are made. Uh, there are bows that don't come out. We have a very high standard of uh, our process. So if a bow isn't 100 percent right, it doesn't go out. To, it doesn't go to the next level. So we have a lot of uh, kind of blend bows or bows that were dropped or whatever that is. Uh, we can kind of play with, and it's kind of nice. Uh, and if you ever come to the office, which I hope you do, you guys do someday.
1: I hope so. You'll
0: see behind me. I'll have like. Um, I have a good twenty or thirty bows behind me all risers that are decorated That's Different things cool. to be
1: tried I think you sent me some pictures of that and it's like every color variation every design that you could ever yeah. imagine some you can't even imagine they're that awesome
3: it's, it's a yeah. cool it's yeah. a cool process and, man. and it's probably yeah. got to be a, a little difficult you know like like you said when you, you you put something on a computer screen and you know whether you guys are testing a new color out and it's like okay let's try this and then you actually put it on a bone and you're like Oh, yeah, that is totally not what I got. You know, it's, it's, it's that's <laughs> yeah. probably got to be one of the, one of the bigger headaches of your job. But then again, you probably got that plus side where you're like, eh, we'll see how this goes. Like, damn, that thing
0: turned out nice. It goes both ways for sure. It's, a de- it's definitely like, oh, this is going to be great. And it turns out not so good when you literally look at it on a bow. A bow design is really tricky because when you're doing a pattern, you can do a flat pattern to go on clothing or like a, a big wall or something. It's yeah. pretty easy. But then you have to consider that you're cutting out, 90% of that pattern in a block. So you have to be very conscientious about how that kind of lays on the bow with the cutouts in there. So you can't put, like, uh, like a baby's face on the bow you'd never see it. It would be just, like, skin color. You know, the eyes would be gone, the nose would be gone. You have different kind of cutouts there. You can't really put a picture, per se, on a bow. You have to be very conscious of what you're doing with that. And you have to uh, just kind of design around that, essentially.
3: Yeah, and that's kind of interesting that, that you brought that up. And when you were talking about, you know, the, the different camos, Kuyu, uh, Mossy Oak, uh, Tree. You know it's one thing to put a real tree pattern on a hoodie you know and have that look good but then to shrink it down so it's like it's your job to okay how can i take this pattern that they sent us get it down to a bow size because it's not you know like it's not exactly the same size like you have to size that up to make it look good on a bow but also you know so it's still camo you know essentially
0: yeah Yeah, that's right my philosophy you know early on even when I first kind of started, there were other people kind of making that decision. And uh, we'd get a bow in, and especially like New Kuyu, when that first came in, I remember it came up on the bow, and the first samples that I saw looked great. I mean, they're full size, full clothing size, so the match of clothing you had, full size, that looked awesome. I, I was really happy with the bigger areas of dark and light and how it kind of worked together. And uh, then they looked at the limbs, said, Man, we're going to get that came on the limbs. So we're going to shrink it down to 25% of original size. And the and the and I think the quiver hoods, too, are the same way. They wanted to really shrink it down. Literally, it get 25% of original size, so it was really almost small. So you get the pattern in there. They're very concerned about that. I said, no, you shouldn't be doing this. Number one, Clue didn't didn't give us the go-ahead to be able to do that. And also, you don't want to match the pattern. You, you don't want the by the time you shrink down the pattern, it looks totally different. Yep. It's no longer the pattern that's on your jacket yeah. or on your pants or whatever. It looks totally different. It looks like a very small, miniaturized pattern. It doesn't look the same at all. I don't think it looks good. I don't think it ever looked good. So I always fought for, you know, go 100% with everything we do, and just make it look right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's still a struggle today, even too. I think we get a lot of socks on there about 75% size. So then you get a, a real tree edge bow in, and the leaves look a little bit smaller, They're not quite right. And uh, I think that's kind of the problem with some of the camel in general too, is just that, you know, I think uh, the colors are so muted. There's so many tans, and so many kind of muted colors together, it turns into like a blob at distance. So mm-hmm. I, I've become more of a fan of the more broken-up colors, like a coolie or just some of those other broken-up colors. The new edge is kind of nice. So there's more contrast in there. There's uh, some more color and that type of thing under there as well. Um, but, yeah, some of the older patterns from the last 10, 15 years have been kind of muted-looking, and I don't think they're quite as effective at distance. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. You have a deeper relationship with camo patterns because, you know, you're forced to analyze them like that, yep. whereas we only see them as, like, Close or far away. Yeah. Really. I mean, on the shelf. On the, or yeah, Yeah. on the shelf, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those, yeah, it's interesting. It's a different way to think about, uh, camo in general. There's
0: definitely shelf appeal. I mean, you want to get to the customer and have it look good in their hands and say, that looks really good. I want, I want this jacket. I want this bow. I want this quiver, whatever that's going to be. You want that, the kind of shelf appeal from two feet away where they hold in their hands and said, yeah, from two feet away, this looks great. I want, I want Uh this product. But then when I design my camo, those things I'm working on right now is you want that, you know it looks good in your hands there's a lot of detail and there. there's a lot of things going on there's things in there that are interesting to look at then you get 20 yards away it's still effective because you have these bigger kind of mid-tone areas that are broken up and there may be some gradients in there but there's some big areas of breakup in there Then you get 40 yards away it's still effective because you have those big areas that are still being being used mm-hmm. effectively too by the eye so when i design a pattern it's very much about you know, two feet away and up to forty or fifty yards away. What does it? What does it do? What does it look like? And how does it change? My my goal is to make it change as it goes out there as well.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, that's yeah. that's wild. The yeah. way that you, you you explain that and you think about that. That's kind of how um, our producer uh, Jordan from Combination Creative. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does he does logo designs and things too. But just the way that the way that you see the world and that he sees the world and, and things like that. It's different than the way we look way at it. It's yeah. way different than.
0: It, we're it, a very different breed, for sure. It's just it it's blows one my mind.
3: I'll have
1: an idea, and I'll talk to, like, when we were working out the process for the final bow design, Jeff, and or if I'm talking yeah. to Jordan about a new shirt design that we're working on, and I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking this, but I can't. And then he'll, like, take my idea and then add something to it, and I'm like, whoa, that's way better than I ever could have, like, pictured it. Yeah. It's yeah. like
3: so, you're so happy that there's people out there like that that, you know, are things like tattoo artists. Yeah, because exactly. if you just gave him a same family, same family, it's like, family it's like yeah, it just yep. yeah, it's like hey, I want a, I want a tattoo of my family on my back, and they just draw stick figures on you, <laughs> you know, <So> it's just like <laughs> that's right, it, like the it, stickers it, in your back window, yeah, <laughs> and it's uh, you know, uh, and it, it's very cool to to hear a guy, and I, I consider you an artist, oh of um, course, you know, I consider you? myself yeah. an artist too, you know, for what wow. no, you know, sure. uh, no, stop. Steven, uh, the, the yeah. beer dra- of, of, of watching TV, <laughs> but I do consider you an artist, and uh, I do appreciate that you know you you want to bring, like every day you go to work, you're like I need to make this look good, and you're Just bringing it in your ass, Jeff, and you're you're a hunter, <laughs> you know you. Absolutely, <laughs> perfect. I'm just saying, dude. Fine, you know. Well,
1: here, here's what I want to do. We'll we'll post some pictures of the mock-ups and the designs. But Jeff, you talked about Africa. Oh yeah, and Team I Grizz. Wa- I want to hear. I've heard a little bit of story. Oh, yeah. Team Grizz. Or, <laughs> I've heard some stories from Clark.
3: Um, <laughs> how was Africa, man? That's something that's, that- a, that's a funny connection too, because it, Clark Cummings that you've heard on the podcast, you yep. got the chance to uh, hang out with it over in Africa.
0: Absolutely, he's actually, and has, you guys well know he's one of the best guys out there ever. I mean, he nicest. do anything for you, uh, nicest guy. He's easy to talk to. He has all these great ideas in his head about hunting. So he has all these philosophies and all that. And he, you can you learn from him. Genuinely, you learn from him all the time you talk to him. So uh, yeah, we have a mutual friend actually, and he said that you guys are gonna get along great when you get over there together. And uh, sure enough, I think we were in the blind together probably by the second or third day. I think it was. I was with Larry the first day with our guy David. And then uh, I think uh, Clark was with Brian at that point, And they were doing putting some film down and all that. Uh, then Clark and I got together one morning. We decided to go out together, I think the third day. And uh, so we went out and got after some animals. Um, he wanted a wildebeest really bad. So we sat in a couple different blinds and uh, looked around and tried to get on one. But we never got one. The They weren't coming into the holy rat the one day. But uh, we saw these water bucks come in. And I'd never really seen one before. I've heard of them. I've seen them in photos, of course, and video. But... I didn't know much about them, but... I mean, they, they if you don't know what a water bug is, I, I encourage you to look one up. But it's uh, its just basically like this big... It looks like a donkey and a deer got together and kind of crossbred and made this <laughs> weird thing with like a <laughs> unicorn with two horns. That's the best way I can describe it. And uh, these horns, are got they've got to be two and a half, three feet long sometimes. I think the record is around 35 inches. But there were a lot that we saw that were 30-plus inches for sure. And that's a big animal. And, um, you know, it's about... Probably it's bigger, it's taller than a deer, it's probably like the size of a Canadian white tail deer. It's about the size of it. Okay. Um, but it has these big, massive, kind of curved over ant uh, horns and it's just you see it walking through it It kind of waves back and forth and it's just crazy to see. So I decided I wanted to go back and get a water buck the next morning in the blind we were in. And uh so Clark and um Clark and Jack and I were sitting in this blind, a two person blind that three of us were in, three grown men <laughs> with a two person blind. With both. So we got really close to each other that day and uh so then, uh, but we saw a lot of animals that day. It was pretty crazy. When you go to Africa, you basically, we, we Larry and I actually went out and uh, still hunted the first day. We tried to walk. We saw some red hearted beasts. I was going after those. That, that was my choice animal. Uh, so we saw some of those and we got out of the truck <clears throat> and we tried to go after them. But that time of year, everything's so dry and dead that um, yep. it's, it's like walking on cornflakes. <laughs> so we, we got within about 80 yards of them.
3: Steve's dream. <laughs> it's, just, it's all just yeah. crunch over there. More frosted
0: flakes, then. Pretty much Frosted place, Yeah, exactly. So uh, we got within the 80 yards of the heart of beasts, and then there were some zebras out there, and they busted us, and they just everything just bolted after that, so we never got really a chance. So, okay, we did the uh, we made an effort. It's, it's really tough over there. Um, so we decided to go ahead and, and ground blind hunt. So fast forward to Clark and I sitting together, and uh, so we're in this blind over a water hole and some food source, and uh, there are about 25 little mongoose that came into the water hole. There about a dozen, plus buck. Uh, there were, I don't know, 20 or 30 Impala that came in. There was actually a family of seven giraffes that came in. Ooh, and I, cool. I never wanted to shoot a giraffe in my life. I never really had a desire to. I like the way they look and everything. But, man, that big bull came in.
3: Oh, yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, you're
0: thinking You think about hunting back here. You're looking at deer and turkeys. You know, yeah. maybe a foot and a half, two feet off the ground tops. Then you think about a giraffe. It's got, it must have been 17, 18, 19 feet tall at the neck. That's insane. Those, they, oh, my God. Dude, that's something you're – <laughs> You're literally leaning out of the blind looking up to see the thing. Yeah.
3: (laughs) That's so crazy. Dude, how high do you gotta hang tree stands to hunt giraffes? (laughs) (laughs) That's got the forty foot stands. (laughs) It's like a
1: fairy tale. It's almost like you always just hear about him, you see him in zoos, yeah. But you never see like a giraffe just walk in on you hunting. It's like the craziest thing to think about.
0: Yeah, and you have to kind of um, tell them what you're going to be hunting for the day, and you have to tell them what you're going to be, because you're basically you're, you're kind of paying for that animal, so you have to make sure you, you can do it, number one, on the property you're on, and also just make sure you know you can afford to do it, number two. Um, but i never wanted to shoot a giraffe before, but, man, that big bull came in, and I was like, oh, 25 <laughs> yards, I know where to shoot, man. It, 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 it's impressive. It's so impressive to see. Um, but, yeah, then after that we saw a group of about a dozen big water bucks came in out of that group, there were a good like five or six that came in and Clark was filming me. That was a plan for me to see a water buck that morning. And then, um, so these water buck came in and if you don't really know water bucks, which none of us really did, you know, Jack, our guide, obviously knew the water bucks, but we didn't, Clark and I didn't know what to really look for. They all look big to us. And, uh, so there were probably five or six that were really big that we wanted to kind of get after and they kind of stayed together and our guide would say, okay, the one looking left right now. So we both kind of were on the same page and whatever else. Another couple of minutes goes by, and the one I wanted to shoot kind of quartered hard away. And basically, my only shot was behind the last rib up to the front leg on the opposite side. And uh, mm-hmm. I remember just picking a spot that says of a dime on it. And it tw- I think it was like right around 18 or 20 yards. I just drilled it. And man, it was a really good shot. I used it a Raptor trick, and it uh, blasted right in. Th- it went right all the way in. I think it hit the front bones and the front shoulder on the opposite side. And uh, it only went like about 60 yards. That yeah. was it. That's man, awesome. Perfect
2: man.
3: shot.
0: So They're Clark cool. and I were uh, celebrating, of course, and Jack and I, we were so excited about it. And then I see this look on Clark's face, and he's like sick to us. I'm like, Clark, what's going on? What's wrong? He says, I don't think I got it.
1: <laughs> I was like, what?
0: And I couldn't really be mad, so I was still really happy at that point. But then, uh, sure enough, we didn't get on the right one because there, there was confusion. Because like I said, there were five or six big ones there, and we we're trying to figure out which one is which. So, um, mm. so I made the shot. And the good thing is, I mean, I can still see it in my mind's eye, and I still enjoy yeah. I enjoy the memory of it and all. It would have been great to have it on camera, but I'm glad Clark was there with me, and Jack was there with me. It was a, good, a great experience with those guys. But uh, you know, I still see it in my mind anyway. So I have that I have that footage in my mind. I guess is the best way to say it. That's so but, cool, uh, man. Clark was so sick to his stomach, though. I could tell. You know you know you guys know Clark. Oh yeah how bad he must have felt. He was he was devastated.
1: Oh I bet. He's like the nicest guy, one of the best humans you'll ever meet. I bet you he was so apologetic Dude, He'll, the whole trip. Trip. he'll, he'll yeah. tell
3: your he vehicle. Up and, <laughs> Go
0: ahead. Yeah. Up, up and down the rest of the day. He was apologetic and you know, don't worry about it. You know, I I it was a great right experience with you guys. Thank you for being there, number one. And uh, you know, I didn't I wasn't I couldn't be too upset about it. It was fine. I had the water mm-hmm. buck down and I was excited about that, so that's all that really mattered. But uh it, just to see his face and how much he sunk after that shot, it's like, oh god, I don't think I got it. <laughs> I can see it in
1: his face. Oh man, that's a, that's it a great happens, story. So. How, how many
0: animals did you shoot when you were over there? I shot an impala, a wildebeest, and that waterbuck. That's awesome. Oh, I, shoot, I shot a guinea fowl too. <laughs> how, how many? Uh,
2: so,
1: what are you? Are you getting shoulder mounts or skull mounts or?
0: The wildebeest, I'm having a European mount done, and then I'm having the entire hide done for oh, the cool. wall um the impala i'm just getting a a skull mount done and for the water bucket i'm thinking i have that head mounted shoulder mounted oh cool yeah that
1: That is awesome it's i was talking to clark about it and uh you guys don't even have them yet do you
0: no they're still over there we're still waiting
1: man how long do you have to wait do you know or is it just kind of whenever they come in
0: i talked to larry on monday about it actually and the problem is the government has changed hands over there a lot and actually our guide over there jack he um, he left the country because things were kind of an upheaval for the <laughs> last year or so, and uh, there was a big thing where basically the government was taking over land and everything over in Africa. So the oh, lands we were hunting on, yeah. yeah, South Africa, they were taking over lands, like just kind of coming and saying, okay, this is our land, get out. Oh wow! So he left because of that, and uh, the government in general is just an upheaval. And of course, there's you know a big uproar about the ivory trade and everything else going back and forth about that. So getting animals in and out of Af- or out of Africa right now is kind of difficult so we're mm. just trying to find a broker right now we have we had a, a group of us you know a group of like six of us were with our shooting and uh, we had 22 animals to bring back so we put them all in this big crate Jeez. and we figured we'd put them all in uh one big crate and then send them to chicago so clark would be in that kind of area he, he can grab them for us then we can just kind of figure out the rest from there but uh that's been the plan for since august before last august so it's been a while oh,
1: oh man
0: yeah. what what are you worried feeling? that you might
1: not is... ever get them is that a concern
0: my stomach's been announced for the last year and a half, almost two years now, yeah. Jeez. It's tough. Oh, man. Uh, Did you lose any hair over it? Uh, I feel like I have, yeah, actually, some <laughs> more. <laughs> That's a bummer,
3: man. I couldn't even imagine.
0: It, it's oh. really tough. I mean, you guys, I know you guys just got, I think Kurt just got his mounts back or something like that. But yeah. imagine <laughs> just waiting for all this time for animals. I, I basically have wall space planned for it. I'm just waiting for these things to come in. because so I bought, we went to this uh, bizarre thing, too, in Africa. I got, like, another... um warthog tusk and some other african carving type things i have like a whole wall planned and uh, i just can't wait to get my animals back then we're just sitting here waiting though dude Man. the look on
3: clark's face that i don't think i got it was like foreshadowing of how you're gonna feel for the next year and a half oh, like boy. oh we didn't get our mounts <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i know clark's bummed about that too we did, went on that uh, kudu hunt and um, oh yeah I, I filmed this kudu hunt there you probably saw it on the show there and uh, I, I made sure I didn't miss a shot for sure Because so I wasn't going to do that There's no way <laughs> I think it was like the, um, You should have messed with him the said so you didn't get
3: it Oh, I didn't get it, Clark You would have seen Clark come uh, out Actually, I, I did
0: bust his balls I think I I, said, I think I told him that I think, <laughs> Oh, man, I think the camera was off I don't know what happened I'm not, I'm not a cameraman by trade But, you know, I was there helping out guys yeah. and trying to do it, too I it's forgot like, to hit the red the wrong button <laughs> Oh, shit <laughs> <laughs> Clark. I think I okay. that for a second. <laughs> yeah, that was a uh, Clarkson was a great hunt too, and uh, like I said, I was making sure I was not going to miss the shot whatsoever. So I really stayed on the animal. We communicated better that time in the afternoon, and uh, we got it done. So it was really exciting.
1: And now you guys are known as known as Team Grizz, huh? Yeah.
0: Tell us how Team that Grizz,
1: happened. Yeah. Can you tell us how that happened?
3: Oh, yeah, yep. I forgot. Can uh,
0: yeah. uh, <laughs> kind of nickname has been uh, Griswold? You know, Clark, Gris- Clark Griswold is kind of the nickname he received uh-huh. a while back. And uh, just kind of shorten down to Grizz, um, I think Larry had told me the, that one morning, the second or third morning there, uh, you're going to be hunting with I said, Oh, Team Grizz, great. I'm in. Let's go. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, then we got to know each other. It was good. It was really good. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's one of the best dudes ever. So I was really excited to meet him and uh, hang out with him and hunt with him too. I mean, what, what better way to get to know somebody than you hunt with him for a while, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's how people make like, the closest friends. And Clark is a killer, man. He kills some whitetails. He, oh yeah, he's uh, he's one of our go-to guys.
0: Oh, he's very knowledgeable. He's uh, you know obviously a great guy, and he just knows his stuff. And he's a great shot too. I mean, uh, he made some shots on that kudu, especially. I know I could hear his knees knocking almost. And, uh, <laughs> I, I was nervous just turning the camera. I was just pushing a button and facing it towards the animal. Clark, I know was nervous for sure because that was a big, big animal, and uh, you know those things came in. There were probably like seven rats that came in, and they just kind of milled around where the food was and all that. But again, the animals are kind of swaying out there, kind of coming at us, and I could I could hear our, I could hear Clark's heartbeat. I swear to God, I could hear the phones.
1: That's amazing. So, that was a
0: lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was, it was a great trip. Um, I still remember my first step on that sand. That sand is like a, like a brick red sand and everything. And I just yep. remember having the ball in my hand and stepping down with the backpack on my back. And said, "Let's go, man. Let's go do this." And Larry's behind me filming everything, and we got some good footage of me walking around. So that was good.
3: <laughs> so did um. Did you do the rain dance, or was that Clark that did the rain dance?
0: Clark was doing the kudu dance. Oh, the kudu um, dance. That's uh, what it was. Okay. Yep. I don't know if that ever made a uh, YouTube or whatever, I know Larry's going to put it up at one point. What happened <laughs> that night was, uh, and I'm sure if you guys shared it at camp with Larry, I think uh, Eric and Doug did, right? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah don't let bastards. him make you a
0: drink, ever. I'm sure you guys probably learned, don't let Larry McCoy make you a drink, ever. <laughs> I, I watched him make the drink for Clark. It was like all this African... Uh, rum and all this other stuff. He just threw it together, and he put like a splash <laughs> of coke on top or something like that. Oh yeah, but Clark was Clark was pretty rough that night. So of course, Larry, Larry had a camera. He went and grabbed a camera.
1: Did Larry have yeah, a vest on in Africa that. the whole time?
3: Ah, ah, yes.
0: Larry sir. had a vest on most of the time in Africa. Yes. <laughs> uh, son,
1: if you want to be the best, you got to beat the vest. To be the <laughs> You're best, absolutely
0: right. <laughs> to yep. be
3: the best, you got to beat the vest.
0: You're absolutely right.
3: Larry Rick Flair McCoy. Yep. Yeah, you need to so, make uh, Larry his own logo,
1: and it's just a vest with like nobody in it, <laughs> and it just says Larry McCoy on the side of the vest.
0: We actually talked about that yesterday, doing a our Larry McCoy vest logo.
3: Oh my god, I need that, dude! I, I
1: <laughs> Larry's been saying we're gonna get the outdoor group vest for the last since last yeah. ATA, and it hasn't happened. Well, so. I want
3: I want an elite vest, is what I want, but I want Larry McCoy's number on the back. I
1: want a Larry okay. McCoy edition vest.
3: Can
0: you make I think, that? Happen? I think we're kind of close to that. I think we're close to that. To be honest with you, don't tell him though. <laughs> I'm sure he's
1: going to listen to this right when it releases, just to check up on you. That
0: could be. It could be
3: for sure. Dude, I need to make that happen. And then, like the like the next vest is going to be like the Paul Biggs signature vest. It's going to be. I heard awesome.
0: you're going out to you're going to Paul Biggs, aren't you, Steve? I heard you're going to see Paul Biggs to go hunting, right? Yeah,
3: a week from uh, actually a week from poor Paul today. I'll be uh, well, it's like a week from i guess i would say like a friday so
1: next friday
3: yeah so when the next podcast comes out i'll be podcasting and then i i've been thinking about hitting the road because i want to wake up at like eight in the morning uh, four in the morning drive down it's a roughly you know, a nine hour drive. all the details just <laughs> but like i'm thinking i don't know i don't know man i um, feel bad for paul
1: head. he's gonna have to hold your hand the whole time
3: dude i have to stay
1: at his house i feel bad for his family his wife and
3: kids oh boy the girl sleep outside. terrified yeah
1: he's in trouble
3: they're going to be like, Daddy, what's the troll doing down there? He's, he's making loud noises when he sleeps. <laughs> he smells
1: like a deep fryer. He <laughs>
3: smells
0: like bologna. Yeah. He, he smells like he cheese. Smells like and he's, he, he smells
1: like old yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. baloney. He smells like
3: mistakes. He smells like fried food and his oh, breathing God. is uh, abnormal.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right, I got
1: a, I got a real serious question for you, Jeff. Do you, what do you got? Do you believe in aliens? Oh,
0: my God. Oh. Aliens, yes, I do believe in aliens. Um, I think I texted you one time that uh, my dad and I saw a UFO. Uh, uh, somebody couldn't identify anyway. I'll, I'll just say that. Uh, we were up <laughs> up in uh, northern Quebec. it's <laughs> where the road ends. Then you take a float plane. You go on another 50 miles, another two hours or so. On a float plane, you go in and camp. It's basically this remote moose camp. So this cabin. is a
1: true story. You're not like you're not yanking our chain no, here or nothing.
0: Not yanking our chain whatsoever. My dad will say tell you the same story actually. So we were up there and we we're fishing at one end of the lake one night, and we started coming back. I said, and I looked up in the sky. There's, there's this light up there, and it's a little bit brighter than everything else, and it's kind of weird. So um, I said, do me a favor and stop for a second and go back the other way. So then he start we, he turned around. We started to go back the other way where we came from, and it kind of moved with us. And then I said, okay, now go back the other way. So we went back the other way, and it went with us again. And it was just it was just this one weird light in the sky, and everything else behind it was stationary still. So it was something that was moving out there. And it wasn't a satellite, it wasn't going one direction. It was kind of moving with us. I said, okay, we're going back to the other way one more time. Sure enough, it moved with us again. So something was moving with us up. I don't know what it was, something intelligent or something. Uh, but Interesting. then. And then we watched it for a little while It kind of faded away a little bit. Then it kind of zoomed out of sight straight up and it was just gone. Damn. Wow. Like, like something a human could not stand the force of happening. You, know, it, it couldn't withstand the G force of going up like it, the way it did. I mean, it literally was, It kind of moved off to the right and then back up straight to the left up out of the air and it was gone. Okay. So, so wait, you what? were in Canada though? But yeah, we're in uh, northern Quebec.
3: So if you would have got abducted, there's a good chance that GSP was on that uh, alien spaceship. Okay, that's a deep time. reference that
1: no one's going to get. <laughs> you get it, yeah, though, right? I get it, I okay. get it. yes. Some people get What were you thinking that. when you saw this? Like, what's uh, – I mean, because there's a lot of people listening going, bullshit. And then there's a lot of people mm-hmm. going, like, yeah, I've had the same thing happen. And then there's also a lot of people going, I want to know more. So there are well, all- I, three categories I there. To,
0: <laughs> I tried to explain it away myself, thinking, okay, what the hell was that thing we saw? I truly can't kind of identify it. I don't know what it was. It could have been some kind of uh, special military jet, or who knows what. But the fact that it kind of moved with us the way that we did, and it was closer than the stars and everything it was like in our atmosphere, and just the way it moved, I I don't have an explanation for it. I don't know what it is. I don't know.
3: That's where you awesome. freak- think a you freaked an, out? An unidentified flying object. That's wild.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what it is. But uh, yeah, we we're freaked <laughs> out because we were so remote. You know, we we're yeah. so far away. We we're,
3: full, yeah. you know, fifty I mean, miles we'll away from here. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, and, we didn't know what to do. Here's well, here we, we couldn't do anything. Just get abducted just. Here, here Here's a funny thing. So,
3: um we we said earlier, I mean, we we talked to Jeff a lot. Like me and Jeff, we talk a lot like most every day. Mostly about music and stuff but like alien documentaries.
0: <laughs> so, ancient aliens, yeah. Ancient
3: aliens. Dude. We talk about <laughs> ancient aliens like God. I'm like, "Hey man, check out this band. Also watch his documentary." Dude, the crazy—that's <laughs> right. This is, and this is serious stuff. But like, the craziest thing about like these super remote areas. So, uh, my like over the past like couple months, like my dream, just like talking to you and and talking to Kurt about like where he went. I'm like. Dude, I would love to go to, like, a super remote area and, uh, like, our buddy Scott Bakken, like, just go out there. Middle of nowhere, Alaska. Middle of nowhere, and just, like, dude, how crazy would that shit be? Like, you kill a moose, and then you get abducted by aliens that same night, (laughs) and then you get dropped right back there. Dude, what kind of an experience would that be?
1: I love closing episodes out with, like, we've talked about this sort of stuff before, (laughs) and I think it's really (laughs) interesting. I do do 100% believe in aliens. I, I do. Yeah. do i think that people get abducted often absolutely not <laughs> do i think it has happened ah uh, i don't know maybe. probably maybe. not maybe <laughs> thrown out there but i think aliens yes 100 percent. in my opinion exist, and that's why i think that story is so damn interesting but jeff what it really boils down to do you believe in bigfoot my kind oh, sir God.
0: <laughs> here we go <laughs> uh, I've been a long-time Bigfoot believer ever since I was a little kid. There was this uh, movie called Legend of Boggy Creek, and that was back in the 70s. And My dad had a VHS tape of that. You guys probably don't know what that is anymore, but a VHS tape. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, We're, not
3: We're not that old. Yeah, yeah we, still, we still remember the VHS rewinder.
0: <laughs> All right, there you go. You guys know that. <laughs> yeah. But he had that tape, and I remember watching it over and over again just thinking, man, and I lived. I grew up in an area that's kind of wooded. It was there was a kind of a swampy area, and there was a, a big pond, of course. And so I thought, okay, if there's one out there, there's one in my backyard too. There's got to be. So then, uh, my a good friend of mine would go. We'd go out and tent camp uh, behind the house and all that, and we'd we find big footprints and all that other stuff. So, I was hooked from an early age. I always kind of believed in it. As um, I grew older, you know, I I kind of kept up with it and kind of the the sightings, quote unquote, and uh, all the different phenomena that kind of go on, but. I, I think what I like about it the best is just the idea that there's something wild out there that we don't know about. I mean, there's so much land that we haven't really explored, and there's not, there's so much land that an animal like this could hide in, or population of mass could hide like that in an area like that, you know, so big and wide open and unexplored and so rugged. Um, I think it's definitely possible. And there were animals alive like that tens of thousands of years ago that could have come over the land bridge from China. and, and um,
1: Yeah, and that's a fact. That, too. That's a real areas. thing.
0: So, I mean, there was animals that were like that. It's probably not like Gigantopithecus or anything exactly like that, but something somewhat along those lines. Right, I think right. it's possible. I agree. I possible.
1: And There's guys out there who are. It's, it's kind of annoying to me that there's some people that are like, nope, no way, not even possible. Nope, I'm like, nope, I'm like, not happening. But I get the point of view, and I. I've, the reason why I love this conversation is because we, all of us, and all the people listening, spend a ton of time in the woods, and it's crossed your mind at one time or another, and you've also had the heebie-jeebie feeling walking in in the dark to your stand. Everybody's or, had it.
3: Nope, that's why you're going in daylight. Yeah. yeah. You, you, or that. you're <laughs> at it. That's yeah, so why you go in in daylight and leave in daylight. Or you're dude. lazy
1: After, and have never had that
3: feeling. Like, afternoon Steve. hunt, leave before it gets dark. What's up? But it's it's, right. it's
1: always an interesting conversation. Like, uh, Les Stroud, Survivor Man, has had Bigfoot encounters. It's really Wait, was interesting. That, was that
3: the, who was that dude that we watched that oh, video? We were like, dude, and he's like well, filming on, these...
1: To, get through something
3: here I, I'm, I'm trying to bring up a video that you showed me
1: <laughs> anyway our good friend jordan hubinski oh he's been yeah. on the podcast he had a bigfoot encounter where he saw a bigfoot He he thinks yeah. and he he worked at a bow shop and he had someone come in five days later oh yeah with the story of the sighting and he was like asking questions about where it was and he said yes. it was in the same area, and he's like, well, holy shit.
3: Like, he was on a field trip, and there was, like, kids there. He was, like, a, a scout man, and he's like, there was, like, 20 kids, and they saw something.
1: We're probably losing listeners talking about this, but that's okay. Because <laughs> no, yeah. it's all fun. <laughs> I think, personally, I used to be so just balls deep in, like, the whole Bigfoot story and this, the idea. Yeah. I love the idea of it uh, so yeah. much. I think it's so awesome to think about. I do also think like I've been in the back country in Colorado and really not that far compared to what I could have gone. And yep. all I'm saying is if I wanted to hide, I could, I could from when I went on my elk hunt in early September, I could still yep. be hiding. If I didn't want to be found, no one would ever find me.
3: You know, dude, oh, sure.
1: and so that makes me think if there was something that wanted to be intelligent think about this, there's 200 inch deer that slip under the radar in suburbia, yeah, show
0: up. Yeah. all the time. Dude, here's, yeah. So it,
1: that's a point to think about. Like, okay, if uh if things are so easy to find, why haven't you killed that hundred inch deer you got a trail cam picture of at night? <laughs>
3: <laughs> you it's know what right. I mean, dude? Here's it's, here, it's something to think about. Here's here's why here's why Bigfoot does not exist. And I've got. Okay, hold on. I've you got. don't believe in Bigfoot? In America, no. Bigfoot, North America,
1: no. no. No, I'm saying, does do you believe in Bigfoot? Yes or no? Is
3: there a giant? Uh, I'm asking you, do a, you, a, you
1: believe in Bigfoot? Yes or no? Just it's simple. Yes you know or what, no? You
3: know what? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say no. And here's why. Okay. You're an Idiot. Here's why. Here's why. I don't believe why, it. <laughs> don't to, let's like, look at. So let's look at the gorilla, right? The gorilla is a. But the a no, Bigfoot
1: and gorilla are not the same animal.
3: They're not the same animal. But they're but they're similar. Okay. So, yeah, but so
1: are we're similar to. But look Bigfoot. at that;
3: they're endangered, and we know they're endangered. Like we know of them, dude. There are, and, and, and here's what pisses me off. All right, people are like, "Good going, rom- Jeff." You got Steve all here, fired up. No, no, no. no.
0: <laughs> people want to romanticize. <laughs> that was my goal in the whole podcast. Get Steve fired up. Dude, <laughs> my
3: whole goal. People want to romanticize about Bigfoot, and Bigfoot is lame as shit when it comes to other. So, I'm a big fan of cryptozoology. What? Right. Awesome. Cryptozoology, I, if if I could go back and start my life over, um, I would not do this podcast. I would be a cryptozoologist. So then I would be balding and then living in my parents' basement rather than be on this podcast and living in my parents' basement. Because you gotta he just gotta that's how crypto is but there are so many other cool animals that dude I've I've literally spent most of my time watching documentaries about like mythical creatures like dude the new jersey devil is way cooler than the the bigfoot dude, who gives a shit about a giant nah, man you're
1: not me cameron dude, okay i hey, moving no, on no, no, from no, you no no no
3: no 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 because no, no. i'm going on because this giant monkey all he does what's he do
1: he's, he's muted see what i did he i have the power him. to do this doesn't do shit cameron does he take, does he steve people? settle down
2: <laughs> calm down steve
1: cameron do you believe in bigfoot yes or no take no take a don't calm you're simply There's
3: no way have a keystone okay
2: all right. So here's here's the problem here's the problem with this argument. Okay. Is you can't argue something doesn't exist. Because how do you prove something doesn't exist? You can't. Right? Ooh, that's a good
3: point. A Damn, good point. shots fired atheists too. <laughs> easy. We're talking about <laughs> Bigfoot.
1: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking, <laughs> yeah, Don't go
2: down that road.
1: <laughs> We're talking about Bigfoot.
2: No. Oh, my bad. You gotta think all the eyes, all the trail cams, out in the woods, somebody is, has had to have like good a got a good picture of Bigfoot, not a fuzzy man running through the woods and what if, an ape they, a fuzzy what, man. What if they do have a picture and the government covered it up? Oh,
3: yeah, all right, dude.
2: Do you think <laughs> okay, they, okay, 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 no, no, let's go, let's go down that road. Why <laughs> because they don't know things are out there,
1: Doug? Do you believe in Bigfoot? Yes or no? Yeah, obviously, wow, Doug's a hard yes. So there
2: you have it, everyone. <laughs> there it is. Why divided. do you why,
3: why do you believe in Bigfoot?
2: Welcome to America. So there's So much remote, like, like Jeff you know, had to fly not out not there, remote, to fish and just left out there when he saw UFO. Like you got to think about it though. When you're not all the way back there. Here's my the thing. Time, here's my things. if there's one Bigfoot, there's multiple Bigfoots because if there's only one Bigfoot, it. It would go extinct. Yeah. Okay, thing. Okay, so what was thing. that video?
3: Talk about that. Yeah. There was that video that you shared, and there was like four or five of them, and they're like sleeping. You're like, this sleeping? is real. And they tried to like walk up on them, but all these other Bigfoots start throwing rocks. I'm like, son, the if they're throwing rocks at these dudes, and they're making notes, like, like somebody's going to pull, pull up Snapchat. It was like, oh, dude, these giant Bigfoots okay, right, are throwing rocks at me. <laughs> Tell me that video.
1: <laughs> dude.
3: Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: No. I. So I'm trying to focus on the episode here, because you're taking us all over. God.
3: You brought up Bigfoot, dude. Why does this? See, why does this always happen? I should Jeff, just say we got no. No. no, Bigfoot doesn't exist. Don't play this.
1: So there, I'm Jeff. Done. We uh, done. So it sounds like me, Jeff, and Doug are a team. Bigfoot.
0: Yep
2: but the problem is you can't argue that it doesn't exist I'm
1: going to ask the listeners out there are you team Bigfoot with the cool kids or are you team Tank and Steve
2: (laughs) are you team party poopers hold
1: on hold on don't lump me in with Steve because I'm using logic (laughs) Jeff I have a shirt idea and if you can make this happen for Elite you need to have Bigfoot Holding a ritual and and it needs to say (laughs) so. You're you're saying there's a chance,
0: (laughs) dude. You have no idea how many many times I've tried to make a Bigfoot T-shirt. You have no idea. (laughs) I would buy it, Jeff.
1: (laughs) Jeff, I would buy it. Jeff, give me some. um,
0: Hey, would Bigfoot be
3: left-handed? I'm just asking. What's that? Do you think Bigfoot's left-handed or right-handed?
0: Um, I'm not sure where you're going with that question, but
3: (laughs) just curious. Say. Just curious. So, if you think he's a dangerous. mythical, if you think a mythical creature is uh, a thing, do you think he's right or left-handed?
0: I don't think it matters if he. It's whether he exists or not.
3: Huh, so you say it's he. So you don't yeah, think he... there's a she?
0: Okay, he so or a she.
3: That's where I'm at. That's where I'm You're at. assuming gender. He thinks there's just one. That's why, <laughs> dude. There's only one Bigfoot. That's why there's only rare sightings. Oh, okay, throughout this whole uh, bitch. There's nothing one one me more, than,
1: more than hearing you yell into our microphone about Bigfoot. Just stop
0: bringing Bigfoot up then. Man, that's crazy. Here's, here's, you,
3: go ahead, Jeff. Here's two
0: closing points for Steve. Uh, Bring up the mountain gorilla. I mean, we only found them in 1902, I think it was, 1902. I think that's when we first discovered them, uh, Western Society anyway. I think it was a German guy. Uh, but that, think about all the time before that, that they were always there, but we just never knew about those them there. But we finally found them in the Congo, and I think it was 1902. <laughs> And before that, they were completely unknown. They, you know, there were never any. There's always legends about these big apes up in the hills and all that from the locals, but nobody ever saw them before. A, a Western had never seen them before. So to equate that to what's happening here, in the Pacific Northwest, especially the Native Americans, they have generations of tales and and stories of Bigfoot and uh, different paintings and different murals they painted in the past and different you know totem poles and everything, where Bigfoot is uh, a deity to them in, in some ways, um, seen as a mythical. A mythical, and kind of mystical, and kind of a godlike creature of the woods, like a man of the woods. I think is one of the kind yeah. of what, what they talk about it as. But that's been talked, that's been passed down from generations. And uh, now, granted, it's, it's a little bit different area as far as millions of square miles of pristine Atlantic, you know, coast that nobody's really explored versus the Congo, which is the Congo Basin and certain hills which you can kind of get to more easily. But you think about the size and the the relationships and the natives who have had years of stories about these animals that they're always there. But they've really been undiscovered by our society. So,
3: it's something to really think, damn, about. think about. Holy shit. You know man. what? Damn, dude. Uh, Here's the thing uh, is, too. Oh, uh, the the no, think about this.
1: You're annoying me. Think about this. So, see, I have the power to turn your mic off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, I'm not saying if there is Bigfoot, I don't think that there's 2,000 Bigfoot. Yeah. I'm saying that there's a low, low quantity. And I don't think, I know, Steve, you haven't been. In a vast wilderness um, Because <laughs> I got I just lost in you. a
3: Wisconsin State Park once I know, that's oh. terrible <laughs> but, <laughs> I that story
1: the podcast? What I'm saying is There is The wilderness is so vast When you get in like in the areas Jeff was talking about You get up uh, the, you know, northwest Of it, where we're at in the Midwest here There's so yes. much ground It's possible for something To hide out Now I'm not saying that there's Bigfoot In Colorado what I'm saying in, like, the Yukon territory, there could be 50
3: of them, and we would never know. How many males to how many females? I don't know. Uh, That's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> you know the think ratio. It, yeah, I'm thinking, and and is, I'm not saying it, that they are 100% exist, but I'm saying
2: there's a chance it could happen.
3: So there's I'll give a you chance.
2: this. I'll give right. you this. I believe that there was something like the Bigfoot that existed for sure because, I mean, it had to start somewhere. But yep right now, I'd have a real hard time believing So In the lower 48, I don't
3: think. Yeah, but somebody would have su- killed one with more reputable <sighs> uh, teeth? What? And more reputable. I guess you remember the last guy that said he killed one. He
1: had six fingers on each hand. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: I got dude. nine or eight toes. He's <laughs> like, he had beautiful hair. <laughs>
3: <Dude>. <laughs> they always have NASCAR <laughs> fan Jeff, I'm sorry feed, we did this dude.
1: to episode, like cinnamon no phase yeah, Bigfoot. Jeff, I apologize. We did the Bigfoot talking yeah, here. episode. That's okay.
0: I, I suggested it, so it's okay. I'm gonna, know,
3: I'm gonna do that. You know what, though, dude? Uh, as far as, like, if a Bigfoot is around... I hope it is because I want to hunt one and eat one.
2: No, God, like, no. You don't have the ambition, like, like, man.
3: Dude, I want There's, to eat a Bigfoot. Like, I want to be the gotta first person. you got to kill a two-and-a-half-year-old bucket <laughs> first <free laughs> he'd, <laughs> he'd be hunting you. Dude, I want to yeah. be the first person to <laughs> eat. that fat bastard. <laughs> he <Yeah>. looks <laughs> <good>. <laughs> I want to be the first person to eat Bigfoot backstraps. Bigfoot and backstraps, what, there we go. And when Larry was on, I asked Larry if he would eat Silverback Gorilla backstraps with... Sweet <laughs> Baby Ray's or Cookie's barbecue sauce, but I want Jim Ross uh, barbecue sauce on some uh, Bigfoot straps. I'm thinking about how so, to get
1: this episode back for you, Jeff. I'm sorry. Yeah, how do we do this?
3: That's okay. That's okay. How does this happen?
1: <laughs> Jeff, thank you for uh, – you. Jeff did put in his notes that we could bring up aliens and Bigfoot we wanted, <laughs> and I, I'll take advantage of those types of questions anytime I can. So I appreciate that. It, they're fun, right?
0: Definitely, Yep
1: it's a, whether you agree or disagree it's all in good fun oh it's and uh there's some people who are like nope this is stupid i'm shutting it off like, oh, No, relax
3: <laughs> no, 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 I'm, go, no i'm gonna go turn on a hunt podcast where we talk about lifting weights <clears throat> have fun
1: <laughs> Jeff. anything that you want to cover man quick or i mean i, I figured we just we close it out with some fun conversation that got a little wild so
0: yeah definitely no i'm uh i'm really happy with you guys with the bows this season you guys have done, killed a lot of animals and it's been it's been really good to see i'm really uh i'm really happy with that i you know like i said to see uh something i create with you guys together um you know get out there in the woods with it and put some bread on it i love it it's awesome to see your photos sometimes I, at first i think man that's awesome and i think what a bunch of dicks I pulled the deer this year, so.
1: hey but africa man you, you use your luck up there well, it's been a little uh, while.
0: Pretty much a luck. Yeah, I think I really did. I think that's where it was all went. So uh, it's been rough hunting here the last couple uh, last couple seasons, but uh, I've had some good experiences, some good things. Uh, my biggest thing this year is I saw a big seven-point chasing a doe, and uh, literally the first five minutes I sat down, ran right past me about 30 yards and never had a shot. That was the only big buck encounter or big doe that, that I saw this year. That was it. Man,
1: some yeah. years just go that way, though. You know, it's yep. They just don't work out.
0: Yeah, definitely. It was rough. It's been rough. I've seen a lot of young ones. I've actually called in a lot of uh, young gear. that hear a lot of does come in, four, five, six at a time, and uh, have some fun with those. But, you know, they're all a year and a half old and not quite big enough.
1: Well, the thing is, there still is a lot of season left. I think in Illinois, once the gun season's passed and it gets into that early, getting into mid-December, I think a lot yeah. of people are kind of getting ready to hang the towel up. And I'm like, well, hold on, though. It doesn't have to be over yet. You know, you still yep. have a month mm-hmm. and a half of hunting.
3: What if you just showed up at Paul's house when I showed up there? I'm like, hey, this is my buddy Jeff. Do you know him? <laughs> I've been waiting for an
0: invite. I've been waiting for, for Paul forever. Oh,
3: Jeff,
1: we didn't get damn. an invite. He snaked right through us and was like, hey, Steve, I feel bad for you. Uh, do you want to come <laughs> hunt with me?
0: This is out a pity then. It's not because he wants to. Hunt with you, it's a pity. It's yeah, a sympathy it, it, thing. Yeah, it is. That's
1: it's almost it is. like you know when you like the you see the commercials are like for twenty five cents a day. <laughs> it's one of those <laughs>
0: for
3: one three and a half year old buck you can make Steve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For call uh,
0: some big deer at that. As also has some big deer around where he lives. So Oh be- my God! Yeah, he does. He's gonna push you on some big deer for sure. He's had a great year too. I mean, he's killed some big deer and uh, he knows where to find them. So he'd be in good shape, I'm sure.
3: Yeah, he was sending me pictures early. season. I'm like, holy shit! And one of the one of the deer that he was he had pictures of, uh, I believe his brother killed. And I was like, damn, that's a cool deer. I was like, damn, I wanted to shoot that deer, but. Um, oh, yeah. Dude, yeah, Paul. <laughs> the worst story. He's getting, <laughs> he's he's getting dude. picky over here. His brother uh, shot a
1: deer. He's like, damn, that's a cool deer. I'm like, oh, wow. man, I'd shoot that deer. No, because that it, was your story.
3: It, oh, it looked Oh, wild, wow. Uh, and, yeah, Paul. Paul's going to be gracious enough to let me uh, oh, wow. essentially live with him for like five days. Little does he know uh, when I pull up with a U-Haul truck and all my shit <laughs>
0: that I'm moving <laughs> in.
3: Uh, I don't he know if he... Yeah, hopefully he cleared it with his wife. Like, hey, Steve's uh, coming over. Don't know he's how long. Uh,
0: come over for a month or so. <laughs>
1: that's awesome well Jeff we appreciate the heck out of you man the bows turned out amazing um, literally everyone I show them to are they're freaking out yeah. um, thank you enough awesome. of those I've had someone awesome. heckle me often about where they can buy one um, which I kind of funny Cameron's in here raising his hand uh yeah, yep. <laughs> we, yeah.
0: we've uh, we've talked about I want to talk about that with you guys at some point too you know because I wanted to be special for you guys that particular bow um, so that's why we haven't done that yet and offered that not that we don't want to it's a matter of I want to make it special for you guys. You guys are part of, of our family. And uh, so it's hard to like kind of think about money, making money off of it necessarily for me. But it's something we could do someday, but I want to, I want to kind of fill that out yet. I want to let you guys enjoy your bows. Of course. Have your time with it. And if there's a demand for it, we can probably make it happen too. But, you know, it's important for me that it's kind of an individual for you guys only at this point. It's very That's cool. Awesome. It's
1: cool awesome. knowing that there's only seven of them in existence. Yeah. yeah. I think seven. There's six complete ones. I don't know if you're the one that you're – Little... I still have
0: one for photos, yeah. Yep. Yep. Is <laughs> is yeah. Is it complete or is it, it just working? a riser? It's a full bow, but uh Katie Darcy stole my green string for her to make her Hulk bow, so uh <laughs> no. it's got a it's got a gray string on it, but uh it's still there. The riser's still there.
1: I think Katie's on the on the to do list for a podcast episode coming up. Maybe we'll uh we'll grab her at ATA and we'll let Steve get all weird with her and have her on a podcast.
2: <laughs> God, <laughs> dude.
1: She'll just okay. she'll feel uncomfortable and yes. then she'll never want to be on the podcast. Make a yeah.
2: public debate there.
0: Yeah, because no, maybe if yeah. uh, maybe, maybe a phone call is better. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ask her. Uh, ask
3: her the first time. So the first time I met her, um, uh, my homie Tony, Tony Cat- Castilla because I don't even know his last name. Yeah, Tony. Yep. He knows what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, so I, I met him. Uh, Tony, Katie, and uh, Darren Christianberry was uh, at this uh, at this event, and uh, me and Mark Riffy, were there. Mark Rife. So there's a funny story there. I hope we can talk about it. It's funny. What I'll do is... <laughs> it's not bad. If we podcast at
1: just... ATA, I'll get like a 35-foot mic cord for Steve, and he'll sit way <laughs> off in the distance.
0: <laughs> perfect. That sounds perfect.
1: So, well... Yeah. Did we do we cover most everything, man? I, I feel good about it. Sorry about the Bigfoot thing. Steve got uh, aggressive and hated on us, but I know we're Team Bigfoot for life, so that's I get cool. out of here with
3: that, dude. Tank me and you, brother. I want I, I want Steve to get
0: fired up. That's my goal. Like I said, that's my only goal on the podcast to get Steve fired up. That's what I wanted. You
3: accomplished
1: it. Well, we'll, we'll close it out. We'll uh, we're gonna do a round of something positive. where we in the episode? And do you want to start with something positive or end with something positive, Jeff? We'll let you go
0: uh i'll start it off i uh like i said before numerous times i mean i am just so happy that you guys are enjoying your bows and doing well with them and uh hopefully bring you good luck from for many years i mean that's that's what i want i mean like i said you you guys are definitely family for us and uh we appreciate you guys tremendously and uh, it's just really cool to see the bows in your hands and doing good things with it
1: thank you man we really appreciate that definitely
2: uh, something positive. Uh, thankful for my bow that Jeff designed. Been doing work with it, and uh, late muzzleloader is going to start here pretty soon for me in Iowa. So, and I got my awesome. big one still alive. Is that uh, Chief Chief Keef, Chief Keef, Chief Keef Keef's still out there?
3: Wow, do What name one Chief Keef song? Sosa.
2: Maybe I don't know. <laughs> 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 yeah, 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 all right. Cameron, uh, it's been a good season for me. Everybody here, I've been seeing a lot of big deer hit the uh, hit the dirt. And it's not over. Steve actually has a really good chance which gonna grip my teeth and say, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, off. Off, huh? <laughs> no, it's been awesome.
3: Steve, dare I ask? You know what? Uh this uh, man, I've been going really serious lately. People think I'll so- I'm soft, but uh <laughs> honestly you are uh, soft. Honestly, Jeff, the first time you messaged me, um you know i was like okay you know cool but (laughs) steve's gotta take
1: any mic time he can to just like (laughs) just say listen this it just uh
3: it did um you know from that story that we told to where we're at now you know it kind of blossomed into and i consider you a a really good friend we talk all the time so you know just kind of something that i've been doing a little bit with uh with my buddies i have grown friends and uh i consider you a friend so that like it's the shit to me we talk basically every other day and yep. uh i i appreciate the hell of it man you've uh you basically been there for me for some really low points and uh of course i, I just I, I like to bounce a lot of a lot of dumb shit off you so uh, <laughs> it, it's awesome man you know it's uh it's been fun being able to play xbox with you to uh share a lot of music with you and it's a shit, man. Uh, that's what, that's what's positive. So, I'm sorry, guys, that you guys hate when Steve gets serious and positive. But uh, I'm 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 happy to call you a friend, Jeff. And I uh, can't wait to finally get Call of Duty. And Doug has it too. So, yeah, awesome. I'll do some on work that. with you. Sounds Plus like I need to get a uh, Call of Duty, huh? Oh my god, you need to get, get Call of sure. Duty, dude.
1: Uh, I don't have to I don't have to be a guy that never plays video games and come in and start beating Steve, you know what I mean? <laughs>
3: dude, you would get wrecked, son. Jeff see me pull, put okay. some work in Halo.
1: You let me know what Call of Duty we're playing, I'll grab it. Give me give me a month and I will be better than you. No. Alright. <laughs> but
3: I mean i like uh, there's there's like certain but things that like all oh, right dude. I guarantee I'm better like- than you at anything. Damn. Oh, Damn. Jeff! Oh. And, and yeah, all right, now now no, Jeff, Jeff, you have me, uh, you me run some dudes. <laughs> in serious and Halo, yeah. right? No, I, I definitely have. It. Steve
0: has some game. I have to miss. Steve has some game in Halo. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dude, God. these kids There's are no free, boys. He's got some game.
1: He does have some game. The thing is, I'm I'm not I'm surprised by that a little, but I'm not because Steve is good at like just sitting in one spot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
3: like what? <laughs> I'm sitting in front of a screen. How am I going to be bad at that?
1: <laughs> okay, let me let me give my something positive. <laughs> it's hard work. My something positive is that we're all going to punch Steve's legs after this episode to <laughs> knock the stutter out of him. Because <laughs> if I if I could tally all the stutters you had on this episode, i bet uh, you it's over 500.
3: I'm going to punch your legs so you can't walk anymore is literally what you said earlier. That shit is hilarious. <laughs> I hope that never goes away. I hope that's a recurring thing.
2: It was going to happen. You
1: punch this.
3: some dude in his legs so he can't walk? Like, what, he's spasming or he just broke his legs? It's, a, I got
1: it, it's from Chappelle show.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was a Rick Times, James. Yeah. We just started beating on his legs. He's, he's, we we, we start wailing um, on his legs.
1: And my, my real positive talk is, Steve, I hope you go kill a big buck, man. I really do. Yeah. We give you shit yeah. about it, but I really do hope you, you, you close the deal. And it's clean and on film. And you just look as awesome as you could look on video. I really yep, do hope be, that. I don't maybe
3: believe you're on being too. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: And uh, another positive thing: there could be a bigfoot out there, and I'm thankful for our working-class bowhunter edition bows. And I'm thankful for you, Jeff. So thanks for coming on the show, man. We really, really, really appreciate it.
0: Awesome! Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate all you guys for sure.
1: Thank you, everyone, for listening. Working Class BoatHunter.com. There's still hanging Bang t-shirts and Trippin' a and 150 t-shirts in stock while we ordered extras during the pre-order, so hop on there. Also, check out our latest episode on Carbon TV. That's just uh, me, Steve, and Eric, a little bit about us, and we talk about uh, some memories and just the good times, uh, hunting camp.
3: And respect the Game TV. Uh, you got to go find the episode that he's talking about. Uh, Jeff, it was Season 7? I believe so, eight. yeah. Yeah, season
0: six, seven. Or six or seven, I think. I don't remember exactly, but it's out there.
3: Go out there and find it. Look up uh, Africa, and you'll be able to see Jeff, Clark, and all the guys. Uh, it's it's a fantastic episode, worth a watch. Mm-hmm. All
1: right, there you have it. You know what to do, everyone. Go shoot your bow. We love you.
0: Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30pm Eastern. Waypoint TV.
1: The destination for outdoor entertainment.